Happy Wednesday. Hey, everybody. Welcome to O Jeremiah Talks, this week's episode. My darling, dear wife, Erin, and I sit down in our studio and we talk about uh, the Lift Music Fun live stream that we're doing tomorrow, which uh, sounds like a hoot and a holler, and it is. I'll have you know. We're going to help some students get the gear they need to progress in their music careers, and we're excited to tell you all about that. We also talk about uh, Shit's Creek, which is the show that Aaron tried to make me watch, and I was not into it, and then I just got suckered in, like you'll hear in the podcast. It happens every time. I think I'm good, but Aaron just gets me with these shows. So we talk about Shit's Creek, and we also talk about intermittent fasting. Right now, it is 10 a.m., which is about the time I start getting fussy. So I'm, I'm recording this episode while I'm fasting, and I am getting fussy, but don't worry. Uh, I, w- I will get to eat, as you'll hear on this podcast. So we're so stoked that you're here. Make yourself comfy. You are one of us. Okay, let's do it. I want it to be you talking on the intro. I want to get together. Yeah. Okay, you know you can't eat the Scandinavian fish directly into the microphone. Can you hear it? You you, yeah, haven't, it, you haven't heard it yet though. I haven't heard it yet, but I know it it's coming. Happen. I know it's coming. Really quick, you guys, Trader Joe's Scandinavian swimmers. Whoa! What are they're just Swedish fish, right? Isn't that what they're? In sea life shapes. I like the lobsters. That's the one that Gluten I really like. Gluten free. Lobsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just great as a whole. Yeah, I know, but you don't. So what's it, invert sugar? Cool. So my girl Erin doesn't listen to headphones whenever we do these because she has misophonia. So I know that you can't hear you chewing into the microphone, but I wear the headphones, and now she's like in the other room eating a Scandinavian gummy right now. We're putting them up. Yay! Babe, how's your day going? Last one. Okay. Don't see. Immediately you start chewing in the microphone. How's your day going? That's sticky. Um, um, it's decent. We got a decent day. That's good. Solid, decent Monday. I've yep. been going on walks with noodles in the morning, and I don't bring headphones or anything or my phone. I just kind of like let it be my wake up hour, I guess, of just like I have coffee, and I know we're going to get into intermittent fasting, and so it kind of started this routine, which has been awesome. Yep. But I started walking with her without, like I just didn't want any distractions, and whenever I'm like moving at that pace, just like a really fast, like brisk walk, like it, it feels like my creative um, mind just like is ready to go. So it's been really cool. Yeah. I'm, what's impressive to me about your creative mind walking without a phone, you still have a really good sense of time because yesterday we were a one car family and I said, Hey, I'm, I just need you back in like 55 minutes. And you walked in the door at in 55 minutes and you said how did I do and I was like remarkable Are it you was serious? it was it was outstanding yes and that's great yeah because even during my walk I was like well I think you've been going a little bit slow maybe you can pick it up for the last like little bit well and also I do that route or a version of that route all the time so oh, I'm very aware probably, of how long well, it that takes. makes it less cool but I guess I'll take it that's still you know went a completely different route and just landed 55 I was thinking minutes. you were an x-man and like all your superpower was is like a really good inward sense of time I just like know where the sun's at at 10 a.m yeah you're like an eagle scout or whatever knows the sun and the, the only t- thing I pack with me is my sundial 
What? God, this isn't going okay, well. Okay, already, isn't, that's already really off the bad part. Um, okay. So, do so you, that's how today started, and it was good. That yeah, we we're on day yeah we're gonna talk about this, but we're on day seven of intermittent fasting, I guess. Day eight. Yeah. I feel like our mornings have been a lot tougher, but. I it definitely took me a few days to get past the grumpies. Yeah, and and you like the grumpies. Like, you're particular to the grumpies. No, I just don't want to be talked to. Okay, it's not that also like known it. as the grumpies. <laughs> but walking alone, I mean, noodles does get on my nerves sometimes. But, like, for the most part, that's whenever I can be like, okay, Erin, get it together. You have to interact with people at some point. Can you describe to me what that what that in inside conversation of yourself here? Like, are you talking out loud, or are you literally just walking, thinking? I'm just giving myself a lot of affirmations in my mind. I'm not talking out loud. Ooh, are, are you comfortable giving like today, an example I, of an affirmation? Yeah, today I even talked to um, two strangers. Whoa, that I felt kind of bad started though, with that. That is very out of character. For I was you. walking so fast that I passed two people walking. Oh, they were like friends walking. Okay, and it was these like nice ladies that were like definitely neighbors that decided to like exercise together is the vibe I got. And they're asking about what kind of dog noodles was, whatever. And as I was passing them, I was talking to them and telling them. And I even was the first one to be like, have a good Monday. And I was like, who are you right now? Yeah, that is very out but of But I'd already gone through a bunch of like affirmations of, so I used to teach on Mondays. I used to teach violin lessons on Mondays and Tuesdays, but now I only teach on Tuesdays and so Monday's cool because I have Monday to do like lesson planning and so I used to do lesson planning on Friday so that I could have the weekend and then jump in Monday but that was like I don't know it just wasn't the best rhythm because over the weekend you kind of lose sight of like what your goals are for your students so it's been really nice to do that Monday so my first thing is like thinking through lesson planning and I was talking to you about this today in that teaching is the thing that on paper I'm most qualified for Yes. Like I've taken all the tests. I've done the certification. I literally. You have two diplomas taught, hanging on your wall. Yeah. I'm I taught like uh, my first teaching job was in high school and I would, I don't think, I don't know if it was allowed, but somehow I got hired to do an after school music program at the middle school that I went to. And so all that to say, I've been teaching private lessons since I was like 16. Mm. I was way too young to be doing it then, but I did it. And, but for some reason, because of all of the qualifications, I'm most in my head about it. Yeah. I think because it's the thing that I've gotten the most critiqued for because I went to school for it. Yeah, because you're like paying an, a university to critique you. Right. and It's like much higher stakes. For sure. And I used to be a part of this program that would, oh man, one of the, one of the directors, like I was paid to do this job of like teaching a group class of violin students. And one of the directors would come in the middle of my lesson and like, start correcting me in front of everyone. Mm. And so I think I'm just like ultra sensitive to criticism in my teaching. I'm like, so I was kind of battling thoughts of that today. So on my walk, I definitely was like, okay, you're a good teacher. Your goals for these students are for them. I literally wrote it down. Like in the long run, you want these kids to number, these kids to number one, love music. Yes. And then you want them to enjoy music. Yes. You want them to um, be have an appreciation for it because they know what goes into it. You want them to read music. And I'm like, okay, what are... I have to break it down like that in my head of like, okay, what are... Then we talk about like systems, like how 
what systems have to be in place in a weekly lesson to achieve those goals. And so I've had to just like break that down for myself the last couple of weeks so I can be less critical of myself. So that's what the first half of my walks are, or just like pep talks about that. Just pep talks. Yeah, I kind of have to. Um, so anyways. No, I'm glad, I'm glad that that works for you. I'm trying to think of an instance for me where like I get moving, like that's whenever I go for a run and I go for a run to stop thinking because I process verbally. Like when you and I sit down and talk and I tell you all the horrible things I'm thinking about myself, yeah. you're just like, oh, wow, did that sound silly to you? Because that sounds silly to me. Like all those yeah. things, you know. But for me, I have to just like sprint and then get it all out of my, get all that negativity out of my body. And then I'm at a place where I can like I clearly evaluate what's actually going on. Yeah. And mine is just like whenever I start walking, like I can kind of problem solve anything that's going on in lessons that maybe isn't working the way I want it to or maybe like a project I want to work with them on or you know just any or even like the um like an Jeremiah idea of something like that'll kind of come to me in the middle of walking yeah for sure so that that kind of segues into what we wanted to talk about with music today do you want to mm-hmm. go ahead and talk about lift music yeah, yeah, yeah. cool let's do it. So I think for me, one of the things that I always think back on is our time in music. Like that was such a formative time in going to college. I went to, I studied music for three and a half years. You studied it for five and you teach lessons. I don't teach lessons. And I ended up changing my major to music business because I, this is the kind of thing that I wanted to do. But I remember just being in the practice room all the time, work is, working on scales and doing all those other things. And how formative and important those years were for us. And we, we're we partnering with this company called Lift Music to help other students kind of in that way. You you Am I saying this incorrectly? You seem like um, you're... Yeah, so it's like, I think you can apply if you're between... if Like, I think they, they go as young as like 11 years old to like, right. I want to say it's like 22 or 26. And it's specifically for people of like underprivileged students that are trying to achieve like a career in music professionally whenever they and usually you start like really considering music as a possible career probably like they're saying like around 11 12 years old whenever you're like oh maybe I should get a better instrument you know (laughs) when when you're like this needs to sound better than this if I'm gonna do this seriously and so that's whenever that's why they excuse me started for or have it available to such a young age is for that reason. And so it's to help cover the cost of supplies, private lessons, any like supplemental or just like materials that you need that don't necessarily come easy to you. Like even if you're in school for music, no one's paying for that but you. And if you're a string major, you have to get your bow rehaired at least like once a year because you're practicing like crazy, you have to get new strings like once or twice a year. And that stuff just adds up so much. Well, I think about whenever, so I went to this, when I was growing up and learning guitar in this little community guitar instructor studio, the amount of books you have to get, Mm -hmm. like it would be like every three months you'd have to get a new book. And that starts to really add up because you have to have a scale book and then you have a sight reading book and then you have all this. And I came from a place of 
it was I was fortunate enough to have parents that could afford those books. Mm-hmm. And those books were really crucial to getting better at this thing that I loved. Yeah. And I had no other way to get better. So and I just imagine like at some point, even my parents were like, wow, this is a lot of stuff. We have to keep buying this kid. Yeah. And music is a crapshoot anyway. Yeah. Like and it's it it's just a tough thing to pursue. And it seems like there's less and less ways to get paid for it now. Um, but so Lyft Music, mm-hmm. our friend Allison, uh, and I think she has a partner that uh, did it. I, I don't know. That started it. Yeah. yeah. And they were basically trying to raise these micro grants for students 11 to 22 that can't afford the stuff that they need to kind of progress in their music career. Mm-hmm. So they're running a campaign on GoFundMe. And each campaign is has a goal of how much money they want to raise for these micro grants, and um, they're also doing like larger grants, I think, per month for uh, d- a different type of applicant thing. But um, they're giving like two hundred and fifty dollars a month to students that apply that like need money for these things. And what that looks like for us and our involvement is that we are hosting a live stream on behalf of this organization this Thursday, if you're listening on a Wednesday, then yeah. So this Thursday at 7 p.m., it's August 20th, and we're going to be kind of discussing, you know, the struggles it takes to to be a musician full-time and and what it takes to, like, go to school for it financially, whatever. So, yeah, it's but it's, it's a live stream of us, and we're probably going to play, if I had to guess, I think we should probably play some earlier band stuff would that be kind of fun of our band yeah yeah i I thought you were talking about like let's play nirvana i don't know why i thought you'd like some earlier stuff some of our the first yeah rock no no No, we can play what we can play our earlier stuff for sure yeah yeah because i think so a lot of the mini concerts that they're doing like the live stream i looked through the catalog of it and it looks like a lot of them are like classical musicians yeah which is really cool but i think we're one of the only like kind of like pop artists right now yeah and so that i think our stream is going to look a little bit different than others but it'll still be it'll still be cool yeah um i'm just interested why uh, our earlier stuff just just because well because i think it goes along with the story of like how we got started in oh, the cool. band and some things that we had to pay for like i can even you know i wasn't expecting to have to get a completely different bridge for my violin. Yeah, because you had to go through the hiccups of learning to get different. Like I had, <laughs> I feel like guitar, you're kind of like always on the lookout for maybe like a cool new guitar, but violin, it's like I had, once I got the one that I'm really excited about then, or that was good for me, then I'm just like, I'm just going to keep this one because it like gets better with age if you keep playing it. But then getting into this career, like, cause when I, going to school for music, I genuinely thought before I met you that I would probably be either an orchestra director or private studio teacher slash orchestra musician. Like, I thought that's what my life was going to be like. So a lot of the same kind of expenses that I talked about earlier of, like, the bow hair strings, etc. But now, the upfront cost of joining a pop band situation was I had to figure out how I was going to be mic'd. Yeah. And I'm still doing the bow rehairs and the new strings, maybe not as much as I did in college, but still having to do that. And we went through like several different violin pickups before I just got the new bridge. And we settled on, and 
I think this is an important thing to know too. We settled on probably the most expensive option after we tried all the cheap options to save money. Yep. And the thing is, is that if you get the right thing, it's more expensive. Mm-hmm. And it would have been much, and we weren't at a place financially where we could just like buy the $200 pickup or whatever. Yeah. And you have to pay to get it installed. And it's all these other, th- these little, these little additions that make it a big bill by the end of it. Yep. But your violin is an amazing piece of equipment that gets better with age if you take care of it because it is a high quality instrument that was very expensive when you bought it. Yeah. And it's same thing with guitar. If you get a really good guitar, it only gets better over time. And it's it's a little bit different with guitar because like I have a pink one because I think it looks dope. Like all your violins look the same pretty much. I mean, I could get like a electric one, but I've just never been in the mood for that. Yeah, you've never been the you never chase after the. You know what's funny is my violin used to take the longest at sound check, but now it's like that it hardly even have to do anything. Yeah, it's because you tried the band, you tried like a lapel mic. Lapel thing. mic, that was the worst. Yeah, that lapel mic ruined our set at South by Southwest. I remember that. Okay. Because it kept feeding back like crazy. Well, also the sound guy was pretty terrible that day. Yeah, but I mean, we weren't doing him any favors by having the weird. For sure. Yeah, goofy thing. But yeah, all those things really add up. And all you want to do, it's not like you're trying to buy bow hair. You're just like, I just need to blow some money. Let me get some bow hair or whatever. <laughs> it's like a necessary expense to do your job because all we're trying to do is our job. Yeah. Um, so that that's that stuff just really takes a toll and it really, really adds up. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do our live stream. I just learned that we're only playing old music. I'm just no, kidding. No. I'm just kidding. Sorry. Uh, Go check out our, like if you look at our Instagram, Facebook page, like you'll see the event and everything if you want to. And then if you want to know more details and then there's like a link to their website, which gives you, it, it's a really well put together website. Yeah. We're trying to raise $500. Yes. Yes. And we want to raise $500 because we want to be able to sponsor two students with these micro grants. And we would love to raise $10,000 tomorrow, like right. the biggest live stream that's ever happened. So we can get, get these students, the instruments and the stuff they need. This is something I really believe in because it's, it changed my life taking music lessons and learning how to transcribe a solo, you know, like those things like really matter to me. I can't imagine what my life would be like if my parents didn't have the resources to pay for my private lessons. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I didn't, I didn't have to start paying for my private lessons until like college summers and stuff. I would pay for those. Yeah. And then I would still like be like, Oh no, it's okay. I don't really need one this week. I'm just going to like practice really hard and I'll see you. (laughs) Yeah. I think the most formative teachers for me were my music teachers in so many ways. Mm -hmm. And I know that if they, if they could do what they wanted to do, like financially, like they would pay for them, but it, they probably not getting paid what they, it's just like, if we can help, we, we would love to help these people. Yeah. So, uh, Thursday night, seven o'clock, tune into our live stream at lift music or go to our Instagram. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday or Thursday, go to our Instagram or Facebook and get all the details and we'll show you how to get to the right place. Yeah. I'll put it in my bio maybe. And if you can't go to the live stream, uh, go, just go to their their website website and you can donate to the GoFundMe account that they have. I think it's all, yeah, it's always going. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to talk about Shit's Creek? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Hey, that's a pretty good idea. So I want to start 
the Schitt's Creek part of the episode by eating crow because this is Wait, your hold on, show. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm no, aware. No, 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 no. Did you say eating crow on purpose? No. Do you not know that term? Uh, Am I teaching you the term? No, hold on, Jeremiah. There is a whole season that is very crow forward. Oh, okay. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Moira gets in a movie that's about crows. That is hilarious that you just said that. Yeah. And you didn't even do it on purpose. Yeah. So Okay, you're go ahead and eat it. So I <laughs> y- th- probably every show that we watch together starts with you saying, I really like this new show. I know. And I'm like, that show sound and just seems dumb. Yeah, you like eye roll. And I would say all like my favorite show of all time is Fleabag. And I passed by you watching that and I was like, that show looks dumb. They're and I was so like, British. And I sit down and watch this episode with and me. And then I watched the episode where she says, it's a ninja surprise. And I just like, I was like, oh, this is my favorite show now. So I sat down and we watched two seasons. We started of it. it over. Yes. And uh, that was the House of Cards was the same way. I was like, why is he looking directly into the camera? This mm-hmm. show is weird. And then he Parenthood. had like, Parenthood was the same way. What else have I That was an on? easy one because Bob Dylan was the soundtrack, was like the theme song. Sure. Much easier. Listen, I've I've caught your attention for most good television. And I don't know why <laughs> it's hard for me because you have really yeah, good taste in why TV. Why do you not believe me? I don't know. I um, think it's, oh, no, I know specifically for Shit's Creek and then I want to pass the ball to you. I know, but I'm like that with books too and, and you never read them. Yeah, because books are such an investment. It's like, hey, do you want to spend 10 to 15 no, hours? No, I know, but with, with my reputation with shows, don't you think I'd be just as good with books? Mm, maybe. It's, okay. the, the verdict's still out. Okay, moving on. Go ahead. So, Schitt's Creek, I had a hard time because Myra. Moira. Moira. Yeah. The, for one, all the names are goofy. That's and, the only one. And the, the, into the microphone. That is the there only go. one that's weird. And that one's very hard for me to pronounce. But the re- Alexis, no, David, no. What's, Johnny. Uh, what's uh, the daughter's, the his actual daughter's name? Alexis? No, no, no. The actual, in real life daughter. Twyla? That's a weird name. Twyla's okay. a weird name. Moira is the only one I'll give you. Yeah. The whole thing that turned me off of the show is Moira's speaking voice. Because she talks like a cartoon character, and I was like, I could not handle six seasons of that voice. And you fell asleep watching it yesterday, and I sat there watching it, and every episode I fell more in love with Moira. Like, every time, her voice gets more ridiculous and I get and I enjoy it more and more and more. I don't get why she's wearing different wigs. I don't have a whole lot of context on her vibe, but I know the longer I sit with it, the more I'm into it. And I think that that's that's what you were trying to sell me on, but I couldn't get there until I watched it myself. Yeah, I think so. My friend Katie uh, told me about the show, and she was like, "You know, I really think you'd like it," but she didn't like oversell it. I oversell things whenever I like them. But she very like casually I don't do mentioned that. it. <laughs> she very casually mentioned it. But I, if I find something that I love, I'm like, oh my god, everyone, shut up and sit down and watch this now. I used, I do that. That's kind of what I do. Um, so I'm gonna try to play it cool. Like, I mean, it's okay. You don't have to watch it if you don't want to. Yeah, I mean, it's casual. It's fine. I'm just kidding. You have. To, you need. You... So tell us what the plot is. The what is the what is the thesis statement of the show? Okay. The Rose family, which is Moira, is the 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 woman of the house, um, the mom of this family uh, that he's talking about. She does have a crazy voice because one time you heard me listening to it 
or watching it and you were like, does she, you had the most disgusted look on your face. You said, does she always talk like that? And yes. I was like, yeah, babe, she does. And it's, you get used to it. Anyways. Also, it's the are, mom from Home Alone. It's really weird to see the mom oh, from Home Alone talking like that. That's where she's from. Yeah. The cast is awesome, but mm-hmm. I'm like, why is the mom from Home Alone talking okay, like that? Okay. We need to watch that. Yeah. Dog show? Uh, best in show. Best in show? Mm-hmm. That apparently has her and the dad from yes. the show. Anyways, I'm going to watch that with you. So they are a very wealthy family that loses all of their money. And so they move to this town called Schitt's Creek. And the dad, they tell you in the pilot, that I mean, this isn't really ruining anything. The dad jokingly bought this town as a birthday present for his son, David, like years before. And whenever they were meeting with like their, I guess, lawyer or someone in the first episode, he's like, no, yeah, like, I mean, y'all really don't have anywhere to go but this town. And so maybe they can set you up with something. So the mayor of of Schitt's Creek sets them up in the motel, which becomes one of the primary locations of the show. And so it's like this really wealthy family that literally just has like moments to gather all of their favorite belongings from their home and they lose everything but what they have in their bags that they're able to travel with. And then they go to this town and the mayor lets them live in this motel and it just shows you how this family, it's very clear from the start that they're very, they're not a very close knit family and they're very distant to each other. The parents don't really know the kids very well and vice versa and I think as you see the there's six seasons and as you see the show unfold, you slowly see how relationships and bonds are formed within the family. And so at first I was like, man, this show is taking forever to like, one, it took me a while to make me laugh. And then two, it, I like never really teared up and I never really like got it. But then the first time I teared up, I started to see more moments of them like, overcoming their barriers with each other and once you see that first one then you can't not see the rest and you realize that that's more realistic in life than what other tv shows do of like a lot of shows will show you the first time someone meets and then all of a sudden they're just like instantly close and they have inside jokes but this show I think is more realistic as as in like it takes time to build deep relationships even with your own parents and your own kids. Yeah. And they truly show that it takes time to develop like a bond. Yeah. I feel like the show is hard for me because I have a hard time wrapping my, it feels very much like TV as far as like plot points are concerned. Mm -hmm. Like one of the kids who's 28 has to go back to high school. Like that, that is literally what Billy Madison is about. And like, it feels very like TV, but it's not pretending not to be. It does and it doesn't because they're not like faking it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, like they're not pretending that it's like super realistic. It's just like, hey, this is the story we're telling. Yeah. And here's how we're going to tell it with these jokes, with these heartfelt moments. Yeah. It feels to me like a progressed version of 30 Rock. Mm-hmm. And that 30 Rock is very TV. 
Yeah. It's not made to convince you these are real people and not actors. It's it's made to make you laugh with the situations that they laid out for you. But unlike 30 Rock, there are emotional moments in it. Yes. And there there's like just an arc of the characters that's unlike any I've ever seen in a TV show. Yeah. In and especially in a comedic like sitcom show. Another thing I had a hard time with. Okay. The first R-rated movie I ever saw. Yeah. The first Probably the first nudity in a movie I'd ever seen Mm -hmm. was American Pie. And I was very young. Okay. The dad in Schitt's Creek is the dad in that movie. Really? Yes. Man, I just don't know where these actors are coming from. I got it. Okay. Yeah. So when I... What's his name? Uh, Daniel Levy or... Dan Levy. Eugene Levy. It's one of those two. I think he looks more like a Eugene. Um, He's probably Eugene. Well, he's got to be... Yeah. Because... Yeah, it's Dan Levy, I think. It doesn't matter. I don't know. I think it's Eugene, probably. But he was the dad in that movie. And that movie... That makes sense now. Yes. Like, I felt like I went from a kid to an adult by the end of that movie. Because there's so much uh, R-ratedness. You know, I still haven't... I don't think I've seen that movie. There's no way it holds up. There's no way. No, no, it's just crazy to me that I haven't seen it. Yeah, every quote I remember from that movie is horrible. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, and no. like, and I, mean, I, I've, I could quote a lot to you, and I've, I've never even seen it. Yeah. So whenever you were watching Shit's Creek, I'm like, Shit's Creek, I'm like, there's no way you can't go past him. The American Pie dad is gonna be uh, in anything other than American Pie. Okay, I've got you. You see what I mean? Yeah. No, I I'm like that with people. Um. It's hard for me to see Ben Stiller and not think of Meet the Parents because that was like one of the first. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another fun fact is that like the the dad and the son in the show are actually real life father and son, and then there's, um, their the dad's daughter in real life is also in the sh- show, but she plays Twyla. She plays a waitress. Of Do a you think that's tough? I wonder how bad your daughter has to do at an audition to get cast as someone that's not your daughter. (laughs) No, I mean, but I get it though, man. Annie Murphy, the actual daughter. Alexis is like my favorite part of the whole show. She's hilarious. Yeah. I think half of the show, if you watch the show and like, here's the thing, when you're watching it, you can't be doing anything else. Maybe eat because like, if you don't keep your eyes on the screen, you're going to miss a ton of facial expressions and there is, here's another reason why I like the show. There are beats of silence in between dialogue that it's unusual for sitcom. Yeah. Or for TV in general. That much silence in between dialogue is, I think, unusual. And I think they use up that space really well. And so make sure you're actually paying attention because a lot of the punchlines are in their faces. Unless you're like me, that is very on the fence about the show. And you're playing then Zelda you should while play, watching it. Then you should play Link's Awakening. That was so annoying and disrespectful. You were watching the TV in the living room during where that, I was playing Link's Awakening. Would you want someone playing Link's Awakening during one of our shows? How? Let's respect the craft, okay? You literally said, hey, do you want to sit in here and play that while I watch Shit's Creek? And I did, and then later you but got offended. But then you started playing it. Then you started getting into it. Yeah. And I... So I'm not I, really mad. I can't get your vibe. But I'm I'm surprised at how much I like the show. I think the cast is it. awesome. You love it. I would say it's entering your top five. Like, you, you... It is the only show I've ever seen you binge 
and then start over immediately besides Gilmore Girls. Because I feel like I missed a lot. Well, no, you didn't see me finish that show. But I've seen you start it over immediately. (laughs) Oh, I see. You see what I mean? Like, I've seen you watch Gilmore Girls and you're like, I can't think of anything else. I'm just going to start it over. Again, a lot of hype, but you're definitely watching that soon. Gilmore Girls? Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. I've just got to find the right... I will say, I've watched enough of Gilmore Girls to know it's not for me, but I'm going to watch the sh- the episodes you want me to watch. That's okay. Yeah. I watch Scrubs for you, so. Where you lean. Stop it. I will follow anywhere that you tell me to. If you need, you need me to be with you. I sing that at weddings sometimes. You do. And I, you you also have, that's like one of the songs you get all peppy and you like shake a little bit. You like take the spirit of Carol King and you just like go for it. I'm a sucker for a show that has a good theme song. It will make well, me I mean, like the show better. Get Carol King to write it and then boom. And then you're done. Boom. Then you're done. Do you like the instrumental? Of Shit's Creek? Uh, I think it's very silly. Yeah. Like I think it fits the show. I didn't like it at first. I was, the theme song. Wow. Yeah, it's very it. like uh, it sounds almost like a drunken parade. But the, it comes out in like <clears throat> variations of the theme, as does in Thirty Rock, where it kind of plays out throughout the show. So that's a good point. I wonder who wrote the music for. Probably one of the Levies. Levies. Right. Anyways, yeah. thank you for um, talking about it because I love it so much. No, no, I and I want to talk more about shows that you love. It's just hard to talk about shows that thank both you. of you haven't seen. Both you know what of I mean? you. Like both, like I, you haven't seen Dave, and I want to talk about Dave yes, so much. I have. You've seen two episodes. I've seen three episodes. Okay, then let's talk about Dave. Let's delete this podcast and go talk about Dave. No. <laughs> so maybe we'll talk about Dave it's next. It's not week. as good as this show. Oh my gosh. Okay. It's All not, right, guys. Thanks for listening. It's not. I would argue it's a very different show. Let's just leave it there. I don't. Wanna... I don't even. Whatever. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. So wait, do you want to talk about What's intermittent next? fasting? Oh, gross. Okay. Can you remind me why we started started? intermittent fasting? I'd love to tell you. Okay, go ahead. So I was listening to Annie F. Downs has a podcast with Eddie Koffel. It's called Annie and Eddie Keep Talking. She's Christian author, speaker, podcaster that I've followed for a couple of years now. Also Enneagram 7. Enneagram 7. Yep. Uh, So she and her friend Eddie started a podcast at the beginning of quarantine. They recorded... Monday through Friday for like weeks. It got so popular that they decided to make it an official podcast instead of like just a little leg off of her podcast. And now it's Andy and Eddie keep talking. They release on Tuesday and Friday. Love it so much. They talk about basically everything. Well, one day they started talking about having like with any difficult thing that you have in your life that you have a strong desire for or like you have a metaphorical hunger hunger for things in your life the answer isn't just to fill yourself with the like food substance that will cure whatever hunger you have in your life so for example Annie really desires to have a husband she's not going to just like start dating someone just because she's like lonely in that regard right She's going to do it the right way and whatever. And so he's like, yeah, I, with food, I have this. He was talking about how 
he was talking to his counselor about how he has this like super primal need to just like fill himself whenever he gets the trigger for being hungry or like the signal. Sorry, I used trigger in the wrong way. Whenever he gets a signal in his body saying, I'm hungry, something in his body and his mind tells him, you have to fix that right now. We don't have time to mess around. Like you have to do this right now. And I resonate with that so strongly. And since I've been self-employed, which has been since I graduated college, I have always been on my own schedule and really close to a kitchen or food. And I've been able, if I have the smallest signal of I'm hungry, I can fix that instantly. Yes. And even whenever we are on the road on tour, if we're pulling into a city, soundcheck is at five, shows at seven. I, we pull into the town at like 445. I'm like, Jeremiah, you need to get, we need to get to food somewhere because like, I don't know when we're going to be able to eat again. And it's like not a big deal because we can just grab something after the show or maybe the venue will have food. But because I'm not 100% certain, there's a fear in me that I will not get that need met. Yes. It's and, an emergency before it's even a problem. Exactly. Yeah. And I will, I, we talked about highly sensitive people a yeah. few weeks ago. One of the symptoms of a highly sensitive, sensitive person, and I forgot about this until I talked to my friend about it. One of the symptoms is like, no, when the term hangry is like, not even like a joke for a highly sensitive person because our levels of hunger are like, it feels different for us than someone without it. And I don't, I don't know that. I don't, I don't know. Sure. I'm more you aware. You only of, know what you know. Only know what I know. And I'm very aware of like the sensitivity difference in terms of like outside sensory things, but not necessarily hunger. Like I can't really feel that difference because sensory things are just different. Like, I don't know what's physically happening in your body, but I can feel that you're maybe not as sensitive to this light than I am. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, so anyways, whenever Eddie talked about his conversation with his counselor, I was just, I resonated with it so much. And I was in Nashville whenever we were recording and I was on, um, the green greenway trail and I was listening, and it's funny because like Annie lives in Nashville, and so I just felt like it was kind of cool listening to her podcast in her town. Yeah, and just felt very connected to it. And whenever Eddie was sharing that, I just, I, I connected so strongly with it, and it didn't like scare me, but it made me realize like, oh, like yeah, like you do have this really strange desire to just like make sure that that need is met, or else there's something in you that's like scared. Yeah. And you're afraid that you don't know what's happening. And food is like, if I see, I could like literally cry right now thinking about it. So I'm going to try to like brush over this quickly. If I see someone without food or if I see someone that's eating food really quickly because maybe they don't know where they're going to get their next meal from, it, it literally brings me to tears. Like I'm tearing up right now. It Food is a hard thing for me to emotionally deal with. Yeah. That obviously comes out in me in like a really deep way. And so Eddie talked about how he was like, you, you know, I just, I found intermittent. How do you say the word? I think it's in, in intermittent fasting. Yeah. He, he found that. I think. And it helped him kind of retrain how he personally approached food. And because you're giving yourself 16 the most popular way is to give yourself 16 hours like you stop eating at around 8 p.m 
at night and then you don't eat until noon the next day. So you're giving yourself like a good 16 hour window of fasting every day. And it just kind of, it personally, it has taught me it's okay that you're hungry because that need will be met. You're going to be okay because you live a life of you're cared for and you're going to be all right. Yeah. And it's been a really good reminder of that because I, I panic so much with that. And I, um, we've done it for like a week. First few days I was super cranky during it. Uh, we, I think you were the, too, though. I think the only time in quarantine so far where you and I did not get along was yes. the first two mornings of first two intermittent mornings fasting. Of this fasting thing. Yes. We would just look at each other and be like, "Don't, don't even, don't even talk to me right now." Yeah, yeah. You walk back in that bedroom and change <laughs> your attitude. It, like it was very it dramatic. Was tough, but I, I feel like we've gotten. We even kind of we we gave each other the freedom of okay weekends. We can be a little bit more flexible, but we still kind of did it. Yeah, we still did it. I still did it today. Um, I listen to very similar to Annie Downs, a guy named Joe Rogan. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but <laughs> I listen to Joe Rogan because he like has like, he has so many different uh, things that he talks about. But one thing he is a, a just an expert in is like the physical body. He's a huge believer in hot yoga, which I love him for. Oh, he does MMA. He does like jujitsu. But he always he, gets in a session of hot yoga once a week. Yes, and. I, and that makes me really happy to he know that I'm doing like a, a the science of saunas. Like he, he just knows so much. And I was listening to him interviewing with someone and he said, well, the one thing we can all agree on is that intermittent fasting is good for you. And hmm. that, that was interesting to me because we live in a world that has keto and we have all these other things that it's like this new diet, this diet, this, and it's just the science is there for it. And in what way I want to, I need to read a book about it because I don't know enough about it. I don't know what knowing more about it would benefit me from, honestly. Okay. What I do know, for me, it's not. I'm not doing it for the fasting. I'm doing it for the rules because my biggest downfall in my whole health is that late at night, I will have a little voice in my head that says, you know what would be great right now? <laughs> An entire family-sized bag of Doritos. For sure. And that voice sounds a lot like my voice. And right. I'm like, who said that? That's, I think I said that. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. And then I will be in the cabinet. The entire bag of Doritos will be in my stomach. And well, I'll think, well, it's late. We don't it have doesn't... Doritos. So then you'll be like, babe, someone told me that we need to go to Taco Bell. Oh, and I will convince you. Like I know it bugs me so bad. Like I'm always convinced to go. It makes me it makes me think like, oh, I could have been a salesman because I sit down and I'm like, hey, listen, I ran the numbers. It is not hard. We're actually saving money by buying Taco Bell Here's at one AM. If you ever convince me of like getting food, like I will never turn you down. You know oh, that. Oh, same though. Yeah, we're always like, Are you down? Like, let's go. And yeah. so it's the rules and also like Snacking that late at night like makes your sleep bad, and sleep is like the best thing you can do for yourself. So intermittent fast. I don't need to know the science of intermittent fasting. What I know is I do. Okay, well then that's that's great. I just wanted to say yeah. That. But for me, I know it. It says, hey, after dinner you're done, and that's great for me because that means oh wait, I I. You know, as much as I feel like I need this entire bag of Lay's potato chips, I can't have it because yeah. I gave myself this rule. And yeah. breakfast is the easiest thing for me to skip because I can still have coffee. Yes, coffee. It's made coffee really exciting. And I also, I love breakfast food. So what I do is I just eat like breakfast at noon. Yeah. And I also, I don't know if this is cheating the system, but I definitely eat dinner later at night. 
No, that's not cheating the system as long as you're done before eight. Yeah, and it it's been good. I yeah, I want to do some more research on it because some people are adamantly against it because they're in the camp of you should like kind of snack lightly all day. Well, that's pretty much have. what we do anyway. But I'm like. I don't know if that's, here's the thing, the whole five small meals a day as opposed to three big ones, like, I'm I'm going to still smash a big dinner. Like, that always happens for me. Well, I feel, I feel like when you talk, when you get into the nitty gritty about physical fitness, it's the same as arguing politics, where it becomes, and the thing is, it becomes who's better at arguing, because each one yields results. And there's no way to be 100% sure how those results got there. Hmm. And I, I go by the Leslie, or her name's not Leslie, nope, her name is Amy Poehler. Mm-hmm. In Amy Poehler's book, Yes, Please, she talks about good for you, not for me. Right. And if I benefit from not eating Taco Bell at 1 a.m. every night, which I would love to do. That's just not good for your health as a whole but yeah, as a 30-year-old guy, like totally. it's there's there's some things I need to limit stop. myself from. Yeah. It's the cutoff age of or I don't think there is a cutoff age, but whenever you're in college, your eating habits just go haywire because you're just like so excited that you can have pizza whenever you want and then whenever you graduate college, like you still get kind of you still kind of treat yourself to those elements of spontaneity and eating for just like randomly do you know it's like because because eating becomes so social in college that you just like are so excited that whenever you leave you're just like how do I put limits on this no that wasn't me that I I was actually better Uh in college when for me it was whenever I got my first car and I could drive for the first time Mm -hmm. you boy every morning would go oh you told me about that I would go to Vic's Biscuit Kitchen in Laurel Mississippi and I would get two chicken biscuits it is a fried chicken breast yeah. on two hunks of biscuit, and one wasn't enough. I would get two of those and an entire large Coca-Cola, and that was my breakfast every All day. Babe. Your boy Jay got puffy. Yeah, and that's okay. What it, what I realized was is that like I wasn't eating that because I was hungry. I was eating that because I didn't realize that like oh this is a bad habit I created. And you just craved it every day. And I craved it because my body was like, wait, isn't that what we do every morning? Oh. You want this. Oh, why does that make me sad? Oh, I don't know. I'm I'm doing great. Don't worry, don't no, worry about I me. Know. Yeah, yeah. But also the same thing with Taco Bell late at night. There would be like a smell that I is happens at our apartment at late at night that triggers like, oh, that smell Gotta reminds go. you quesarito. Oh my goodness. I um in high school, because Whenever we would, mom would pick us up from school, we would always beg to like go to a gas station and get like candy or go to Sonic and get tater tots. Like that was ours. Like after school, there's something about being picked up from school and being like, I need food now. Okay. And that's how I felt in high school. So whenever I got my car, I too, like I would go to Sonic whenever I wanted. I would, one time I went to a Mexican restaurant and got chips and queso like to go and just like took it home and ate it all myself. I just like went for it because you're just like, no one's going to be home right now but me. Like I can do this. Yeah. You deserve it. So yeah, food is a, food is a, is a very heavy subject for me. And it's like, it can be super emotional and I'm doing this to hope it in hopes that maybe it'll be a little less emotional for me. Yeah. And I think 
it's way more fun to do something like this when you have a buddy. Yeah. So and I like, want it to be fun. Well, I want food to, and food is fun for me. I love hosting people. I love trying new recipes. Like that's whenever I feel so creative and alive is whenever I'm able to do that. But it's just, it's something that I really struggle with because I, I worry so much about people not having enough. Yeah. And I'm a big, a big proponent proponent i think that's the word i'm looking for i'm a big advocate for if you are craving a thing mm-hmm. you deserve the thing if it's food like yeah. if your body is probably telling you hey i need this yeah but for me i realized that the reason my body started telling me that about certain things is because i had developed a weird relationship with very particular things mm, yeah for sure and this to me this helps me remember what i actually need yeah and what i'm using to replace some pain in my life Mm. where like if I get really sad the best medicine I don't Mm -hmm. care what where you got your every time PhD is a quesarito oh I thought you were gonna say McFlurry oh no I mean because I like for me I'm always salty over sweet oh I am too but yeah okay yeah I would love if you gave me a quesarito or if you gave me honestly McDonald's like I will 100% feel better yeah after it but I don't know if that's the way I get healed. That's the way I get numb. And yeah. that's I guess that's what I'm trying to... That's what's helpful for me in this. It just helps and, me take inventory of where it all comes from. And, like, food can be a comfort. Like, I think that's okay if it is. Maybe... But I don't think it needs to be that all the time. I remember I had a friend that was, like, my... It was whenever Alex was in labor with Edmund, and I was really worried about Edmund because he wasn't doing well. Alex is your sister... Edmund's your nephew. There we go. And um, I, well, I had a friend. My, I'll just say her. I've had my friend Lydia was like checking in on me about it and being like, "Hey, how's your nephew? Like, is everything okay?" And I kind of updated her that he was in the NICU, and she's like, "Are you okay? Do you need some like muffins?" And she was like, "There's a reason Jesus's body is a carb." <laughs> <laughs> and I at communion, and I thought that was really sweet because it's true. Like it does. There's like a soothing effect to it, and I didn't. One of my earliest memories of food is whenever my family, we all went to church and my mom had like made a casserole for all of us that she was going to like pop in the oven. She had a meeting after church. And so dad took us home. She gave us instructions. We popped it in the oven. We all got some, we all got too much. So much so that whenever mom came home, there was like hardly anything left for her. And rightfully so she was a little agitated I was like wait did y'all just like forget that I was eating and I started sobbing and I was like seven years old and I just remember being like devastated that we didn't consider her in that way yeah and ever since then I've just been like a amount of food specifically has been really painful for me mm. and um I brought that story up to my mom a few weeks ago and she was like I have literally no clue what you're talking about I was like but the casserole and it was a Sunday and it was really hard <laughs> you were wearing a purple dress yeah I was so hopefully this will help with just having a healthier relationship with food in general cool um if anyone has any books they recommend I read I'd love that I love a good I love books about this kind of stuff yeah yeah just let us know uh do you, what are you super into this week as we wrap this puppy up uh what have I I know we already talked about it, but I'm like re-listening to Folklore just every time I get in the car. 
Do we like it more did or less every time? Did I say that last time? week? I don't think, I think so. I don't think you did. Did it? That'd be funny. No, no, you mentioned it last week, but it wasn't the thing you were into. I like it more every time I listen to it. Uh, which I know you like seven. What's seven the seven and the um, uh, e- exile? Yeah, my boy Justin. Okay, no, good because mine has something to do with Justin Vernon. What else am I into right now? I guess the Annie and Eddie keep talking podcast because like it anytime I. I love like whenever I can relate to something in a podcast that like means a lot to me and I and I want to serve that in our podcast like I want people to be affected in that way with our podcast so I get a lot out of theirs which is cool. Yeah. Uh also going with Justin Vernon uh there's an artist called The Japanese House. Oh, is that that band you made me listen to and you're like wait for it? I love okay. they just released an EP and the EP the EP is called Chewing uh Chewing cotton wool. No oh. clue, fam. No clue. That's... But they have a song with Justin Vernon okay. called Dion, I think is it? D-I-O-N-N-E, fam. This song is so good. It So on Spotify, it has on repeat, like the songs that you love so much. Yeah. In 24 hours, it, it became my top song. Dang. I listened to it Did so it much. Friday? It came out, I think it came out Friday. But your boy cannot get enough of this song. Justin Vernon does what Justin Vernon does. He gets all like weird vocoder and synthy. And then this girl has, I think she's a counter alto, very low voice. Counter alto. Counter alto. She has a very low voice. And I I cannot recommend that song enough. And I would say the other thing I'm super into is the TV show Dave, which. Hi, I'm Dave. Hi, I'm Dave. Hi, I'm Dave. So it's about the rapper Lil Dicky who is a real rapper, but uh, it's basically a TV show inspired by his life. If you do not like raunchy things, I do not recommend it because there are moments that are um, the adult. Um, But it is very hilarious. It is just, there's so much heart in it. There's such good joke writing in it. It's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. It's a really smart show. We may end up doing an episode about it because I'm not finished with it yet. But there is an episode, episode five was probably the most I've cried in a comedy show ever. Hmm. Like it just, it hit home for me. It was uh, something that's important to me, but it was also like, huh, that show is just so, so good. And I didn't know anything about Lil Dicky. He's a very interesting person in real life. And uh, mm-hmm. that whole show is just really, really wonderful. Okay. Okay. I love um, you. Yeah. I love that. Dave is on Hulu. Dave is on Hulu. Shits Creek is on Netflix, but the last season you have to pay for it on Amazon Prime if you really want it, or Prime Video, or you can just wait until October. And I tomorrow, just to cover that. And if you're listening to this on Wednesday, tomorrow Lyft, night the Lift Music Lyft live stream, music mini concert live stream. Is We're trying to raise 500 bucks for students in need. Thursday, 7 p.m. Spread the word. If you know someone that could benefit from one of their micro grants, send them in that direction. Let's hook them up. Lift Music Organization Fund. Lift. What is it? L I F T. L I F T. Not the car. Yeah, I kept typing in L Y and I was like, dang it. Yeah. Every time you say Lift Music, I think you're about to say you have to drive Lift again and I just can't. And you you black out. That's black out. What were you going to say? I need a chicken biscuit. What'd you say? Are you okay? No, I'm doing great. Taco Bell? Is that what we're doing for dinner? No. Oh, okay. I love you. I love you. (laughs)